You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, and we are so glad you're joining us as we've just kicked off a new series trying to bring some parental support, some parental guidance uh, to each of you, and we, we give this because we're learning as well as we go. And so we're joined by uh, two men who deal with kids and students all the time. And so I thought it'd be a great way to kick off our podcast series. They got some wisdom to share with us about kids. Darren Simpson, our students pastor, and Joe Malley, our kids pastor. Guys, thanks as always for for sitting down. And today, really, Joe, the topic that's uh, coming to light and I tell you what, I've read like three books in a row about this, so maybe God's trying to tell me something, but the idea of identity, what's our identity in Christ, and then how do we uh, transfer that to our kids, and so we're going to try and hit a bunch of different age levels and ways that we do that in different situations, so Joe, why don't you dive in with us here? Yeah, you know, Andy, as uh, Darren and I got a chance to talk about what we wanted today to look like, um, we focused a lot about like using the filters of where you're at in your parenting stage. So, you know, where is your kid at and is there developing? Where are you at and how do you relate to them in that? And we think identity is such a cool one to examine and look at those different things. So Darren and I are going to kick it back and forth a little bit and just walk through, you know, what does identity look like and how do you talk to your kids about it when they're in this age range or what does it look like in this age range? So um, I I think, Darren, if you're ready, we'll just have you jump in and talk, like, what does identity look like in the junior high phrase? Well, I mean, first, I want to just say that, like Andy said, we're bringing wisdom. I don't know about the word wisdom. (laughs) Yeah, I I glanced over that. (laughs) Uh, Perspective, maybe, wisdom, uh, that might be uh, in progress. Observation. I know, I love it, observation. So, uh, yeah, when we're talking middle school, high school, I mean, let's just look at a middle school student. Like, identity is being shaped and formed. Um, And when it comes to students or anybody just in general, this concept of identity happens uh, like always. So everything is influencing you. Everything is getting or giving you feedback. And you're always questioning and trying to understand what's going on, gain perspective from everything else. And it's always interesting. Like I remember in middle school where uh, the the kids would all, uh, um, I remember as a kid, I should say that, it's like I wanted to be my own person, right? And so I would go buy clothes and go do these things only to show up at middle school and look exactly like everybody else in my friend group, right? Do you remember the starter jackets? <laughs> oh my goodness the, gracious. I, I was the second one in my sixth grade class to have a starter jacket in North Carolina. And then they switched to a different North Carolina jacket. So I was unique in that I had the dark blue instead of the light blue, but then every kid had a starter jacket at our school. No. Joe, this is before you. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's it's a little bit this is some good reminiscing here. Mine was the Mighty Ducks, and it was oh, the yeah. pullover, like the half-zip one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, reminiscing of the, of the day. But like, we all want to be unique. We all want to form our identity, and sometimes the struggle is um, the way that we perceive that identity comes from the people and the situations around us. And so me being unique is maybe not taking on the identity of my parents, but trying to learn how to shape my identity from my friends or whatnot. Um, scripturally speaking, we get that from Jesus, right? We get that from God, even from the very beginning. And Joe could chat about that, but specifically middle school, like the identity piece is so crucial too. 
And that's, that's the hard part, that, that weight of a parent. I know that we could talk for hours about this. Maybe I can come back to the middle school piece in just a minute. But if you're a middle school parent out there and you're listening to this, or if you're somebody who knows a, a middle school family, like just maybe right now drop straight to your knees and pray <laughs> for them. Uh, because so much of this is, it's one day to the next, yeah. to the next, to the next, because there's so many things being thrown at them that it's really hard for them to know where their identity should truly land. And yeah. it's so different from a boy to a girl. True. I've got both, both in middle school and, and it's, it's fascinating. Bless, you. Bless your heart. Thank you. <laughs> and you as well. Cause we love to hand them off to you as often as we can. So, <laughs> well, I want to read a quote real quick, Joe, before you, you jump in next. Cause I, I, we've been reading through the book lead by Paul David Tripp and something he said about identity just really struck me. Uh, there may be no more important and life-shaping interpretation that human beings make than identity. In God's perfect plan, the man and woman he made and their children and their children's children were meant to get their foundational sense of identity vertically. And if we're not getting it from God vertically, then we're finding it horizontally from other people. And that, that just struck me because it's, it's so true. God's given us everything in identity. We are his sons and daughters, and yet we're so flawed as humans that we're seeking it in, in lots of other different places. And I'm sure you see that in the kid world, Joe. Yeah. You know, uh, that passage, that idea, right? Genesis one twenty seven talks about, so God created man in his own image and that's male and female in the image of God. And our identity comes from the fact that we are made as a reflection of our creator. And so how you explain that to your kids, you know, in junior high, you've got that dependency, like, but also independent stage you're managing. Well, when you think about like the life of a preschooler, right? That's, I live in the preschool elementary, uh, age of programming and working with families in that. And for a preschooler, you know, if you say you're made in the image of God, they're going to start putting up pictures on the fridge of themselves and write God under it because they, <laughs> they, they don't understand that abstract logic yet. They don't understand what that means. And so you have to take that intentional connection point of God made you as a image bearer, right? Like you have to explain to that kid that they are a reflection of who Christ is. They're not actually the image of God uh, because they're going to interpret that. They're going to take it so logical. And uh, so it's connecting the things that they do to Christ-like actions. You know, it's, it's showing back like, hey, when you did that, you represented that. And it's showing them that it's not like physically right. <laughs> themselves, but it's who they get to be. And they might not fully understand who God is yet. They don't understand who they are <laughs> yet in him, but, but they can begin to understand, you know, what are the things that I'm doing and how they interact with the world around them. So as you like look through development, elemental stages, like, you know, as they move out of that preschool stage, they go into elementary, they begin to think that way. And so as a parent, you're just, you're co almost coaching them from the stage that they're about to be in. So in, if in elementary school, they learn, okay, well, how the consequence, right? They learn like what they do has a consequence for the people around them. When you're parenting a preschooler, when you're coming alongside of them in a classroom or whatever environment it is, you're beginning to introduce the idea of like who they are affects those around them, even if they fully can't understand that yet yeah it's it, it's chaotic too and that's the hard part like if, if you've got if you've got students kids and you're listening to this uh, the way that we describe it in the student world is it's a slow breakup process 
right? And, and that's the best way that I can describe an opportunity for you to realize or to process that your kid is slowly becoming more responsible, which means they're starting to own things and you are starting to allow them to own things, even when they fail. That also includes owning their relationship with Jesus, right? We wow. do our best to try to help them in that. But at some point in middle school, and there's no like definitive placement for it, yeah. they take ownership of reading their Bible. They take ownership of praying and growing in their relationship with Jesus. They take ownership even at some point to get you out of bed and get you to church because mm-hmm. they want to be there. But uh, we see an identity start to shape. The problem is as they get older, the voice of identity starts to become louder and louder from a cultural perspective, mm. from a fitments perspective, from the way that they're seen, the image that, that they portray, far louder, far harder to hear God's voice in the midst of those conversations. So continually pushing them back to seeing the image of God. And, and parents, if you're listening, um, this, is a, this is an interesting one because... Early on, we want to help them. We want to love them. We want to do everything in our power to to um, rein them in mm-hmm. and to teach them and to grow them. And if they fail, it's like we failed. We've got to be careful that we don't become their image. Wow. We've got to become what uh, 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 somebody who helps them pursue it and push it. Mm-hmm. So as they get into high school and they truly own those responsibility pieces, it's not dragging them kicking and screaming to church. It's not... Uh, seeing a Bible inside a nightstand that hasn't been opened in 15 years, right? It's it's a concept of of owning your faith and realizing that your identity, if it's made in the image of God, if you are made in the image of God, then it there's there's a connection that needs to be made between the two. So what you just said there really struck me because how many parents see their kids made in their image? whether it's sports or athletics or I guess sports is the same thing as <laughs> athletics, the arts, you know, you know, plays, whatever it might be. So many times parents are, are living through their kids' experiences. And I think it goes back to identity that maybe the parent, that's what they're living for their children, Joe. Yeah. You know, uh, think about it through the elementary lens for a second. So if in preschool, they're mirroring, if in high school, they're <laughs> that breakup process is starting, you, they've <laughs> got to go do it themselves. Uh, you know, elementary, that moment that you get engaged with your kids in that way, that's where like you have the chance to be the best manager that you've always wanted in your workplace. Um, because a good manager explains what's going on, explains what they're doing in the why. And you're, you're sold in and you're bought into the why you have the vision for the business. You understand what that looks like. And when you're parenting and you're working with kids in the elementary age, you want them to begin to connect back to the why. Um, they've learned that they interact with the world around them. Now, what is the why behind all of that. So connecting back into the decisions that you made, connecting back into that, you know, I know in my own life, like there was a period of time where I heard, you know, do your devotions, do your time with God. And and they would come up with silly names, all these different things, but I didn't see my parents do it. And so there's a disconnect. And like, finally one day, you know, like I woke up early and I don't know if they actually did it every day or not, but like they did it before I was even awake. And that was a way that they prioritized their time and they had time with God. But I didn't see that connection because they kept it separate from me. So they, uh, they did a fantastic job raising me, um, debatably, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to think that I hope, uh, but then, uh, you know, they spent 
and the temptation in the elementary age is that you can, and it bleeds into the junior high and the high school is that I'm here to manage them and to set their life up in a way that does the best for them. And right. you don't always let them in on those filters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it can be very revealing, right, of our own desires, because when you let people into how you're managing your life and how you're managing their life, they begin to see where your heart's desires are. And so it's one thing to, uh, you know, uh, I just had a conversation recently with someone and they talked about how they're missing church and for a game and the the girl the that was standing there was like well mom isn't church important and like oh, wow. that was it. it it didn't go down 100% that flow but, but that's pretty much the feel and it kind of was like well don't you like your sports and and mm-hmm. it was a click moment for that individual in the moment to realize like oh we're choosing god you know, and like deciding that he comes second to sports that day. And so we're not going to serve. And there was just that click moment. And like, she saw how it was being managed. And so if at the elementary stage, the more you can, even if they don't understand it, begin to let them into that of like, here's how we're getting to the decisions because they're, they're growing and they're learning and they want to learn those things, but they're not, they're going to make assumptions if you don't tell them, you know. That's so important. Our kids want to know the why. They want to understand the heart behind it. I love that, Joe. Darren, what are some some ways we can engage with our middle and high schoolers that, you know, that slow breakup's happening. They're becoming independent. They're not as open to having conversations, maybe about their doubts, maybe about, you know, what they're dealing with as far as identity goes. What are some questions as parents we can ask them or, or ways we can engage them in that? I think the first thing that I would tell you is create an atmosphere in your house where nothing is, is you, where you can ask anything. I should say it that way, right. where you can quite literally ask anything, the floor of the table, it's open and there is no reluctancy or hesitancy because they're afraid of the way it's going to be responded to or taken to. Uh, but some of it for me, it comes back to as a parent, like what's the ultimate win, right? Is the ultimate win a fully devoted student who is grounded in the word, mm-hmm. who is a, a, a Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, that conversation of, of loving God with everything that they have. Is that, the, is that your goal? Mm-hmm. Is your goal to raise a, a civilized human being who <laughs> can make good choices and hopefully they get God down the road? Or is, is there a priority of God in, in the life of your family and the life of your student? I think as a parent, you've got to ask that question first, because if you don't set that precedent for yourself, you're not going to set the precedent for your family. And then as they grow up, they continue to be a part of the statistics that we've all heard and seen. They go off to college and and, and they fall away from the faith because they've never had an interactive conversation or they've never seen it prioritized, as Joe talked about earlier. But I would say some of the questions that you can start to engage in that identity is first, create a space for things to happen, but two, like... Ask them if they're doing a Bible study. Join in with them. Connect with them. Right? Don't just leave the Bible on the table and expect them to pick them up for themselves. Some of the principles that Joe's talking about whenever they're itty-bitty, and then as they get older, they still apply. Right? Read the Bible with your children. That's like a point-blank <laughs> statement. That's the best you can do in the midst of that moment. Um, pray with them. Continue to ask them how you can come alongside them spiritually. Right? You are the spiritual authority in your household. Own that. Yeah. Sorry, I got a little, got a little passionate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I, you know, Darren, I think um, own it and then own where you're at. You know, I think uh, Paul talks about it in Corinthians. Um, 
Yeah, Paul talks about it in Corinthians. <laughs> I had to pause there, going off script here. Uh, it, you know, he talks about how we are to be imitators of Christ. And, and uh, what's an imitator if not a poor reflection? Mm. And, and if we are imitators of Christ, there are going to be moments where we fail, where we're not the reflection of who we should be in Christ. And it's more important to show how we behave in those moments to those we're raising and show what identity looks like when we fail than it is to just show them that the good moments. And so remember that imitations are, uh, you know, the poor reflection and we're going to do our best to be a good reflection and a good imitation of Christ, but right. we're always going to fall short of that. We get our strength from Christ and he is in you and working if you are a follower of Jesus. And so that's, that's where it starts. Like these guys talked about staying plugged in to the source of life and then that will flow out and you have little eyes and you have larger eyes watching you as you walk. And I, we want you to know we're with you in that. And so yeah. please feel free to reach out to any of us uh, here at Kingsway as we continue these conversations a step further, but don't, don't lose hope. Don't give up. God's still working.